Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman, and I am your host. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, then this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story, how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I want to reiterate my main goal, which is to impact over 1 million people by helping them reach a next level. So if you have not done this already, please take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds on Apple Podcast and share this episode with a family member, friend, or colleague who you think will get some value out of it. And if you're really feeling special, leave a review of Next Level Minds on Apple Podcast and let me know what you think. Now on to today's guest. I am sitting down with Archivius Armstrong. He is the founder of Step Up to Leadership, where he redirects the path of the youth and young adults. He has this company in place because he overcame a lot of adversities in his 20s and even before that in his childhood. So he has a lot of learning lessons that he can extract from those and then give those lessons to the youth. I'm excited to sit down with him today because he's filled with energy. He's got a lot of information on leadership and he's extremely passionate about what he does. And as we like to say here at Next Level Minds, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Archivius, thank you so much, man, for hopping on the Next Level Minds podcast. Hey, man, listen, thank you so much, brother, for having me here. I'm super excited. This is what I stand for, the next level mindset. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know that because when I reached out, you were like, hey, next level, I'm all about that. And I was like, all right, well, he's going to be on the podcast then if he's about that. Absolutely. We're about to find out, aren't we? Yeah. Now the <laughs> listeners are like, all right, well, hope he's next level type of thing. So, man, all day. All man, day. I think you and I have implored some patience today with getting this started. We had some tech issues, but we're here now. So, oh, yeah. Something we don't, we don't have control over everything, but what we can do, um, control what we can. So, we got it right, though. We got it right. <laughs> It was on my. It was on my end. It was on my hey, end. I'm the one who set this up, so I'm gonna take 50-50 blame on that one for you. <laughs> well, I ain't, I ain't gonna stop you either. <laughs> I love it, um, man. So I want to read your bio because I think that's a good place to get started. I, I, I kind of copied and pasted your bio from LinkedIn. It basically mentions helping redirect the path of the youth and young adults, giving them the tools to make the right decisions, building leaders, and strengthening confidence changing a life one individual at a time. If you're not the solution, then you're part of the problem. So I want to start there because that's awesome. I know you can unpack that heavily, but I want to go back a little bit to, you know, 18-year-old Archivius. Mm -hmm. What what was that like for you? Man, 18-year-old Archivius was a, excuse my language, he was a hellraiser. I was a hellraiser. I was, I was, I was hell on wheels and and anything that I can touch at any, any place that I can um, walk into, it was either, you know what I mean, self-destruct or destroy. And that that's how my mind was set up. I didn't have that next level mindset. I had that destruction mindset. I had a poverty mindset. I had a, 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 uh, uh, I would say a, 
a scarcity mindset to tap into my potential. So that 18 year old me, man, it was all about nothing really but committing crimes, mm -hmm. getting over, scheming and doing everything that I possibly could to try to do something to somebody to get what I want. So I did a lot of things at 18 years old as far as crimes and, and stuff like that. And and so, you know, I, that's when I, I found myself in the most um, curious places. And I, when I say curious, because I was in some places mentally and psychologically to where I was like, I'm not who I am. Like, I'm this is not me. But you're talking about strung out on pills. I'm talking about 18-year-olds strung out, strung out on pills, in and out of the jails, committing all type of crimes, ODing, thinking about committing suicide, all of that mm. stuff. So I was, I was, I was in a, a, a terrible place at 18 years. Where old. you know, where do you think all that stemmed from? Oh man, I can tell you the honest God truth. Everything that I went through, it stems from the abuse when I was mm. a kid. I grew up in these type of challenging situations to where, you know, I mean, my mom was a drug abuser. My father was a heroin addict. My brothers, they sold drugs. We lived in an environment where I saw drugs and, and abuse and violence every single day. When I walk out the house to get ready to go to school, it wasn't nothing to see people laying on the ground outside, needles on the ground and, and all of those type of things. So my upbringing had a big influence on everything that I went through um, all the way up to I was 18 years old and beyond. You know, I was 19 years old when I committed my attempted murder charge and I was facing 35 years of life at 19 years old. Wow. I, I was about to ask, by the way, yeah. was there like a pivotal yeah. moment that kind of like started getting you on another path or? My pivotal moment, it was, it was, it was when I was in federal okay. prison. You know, I was, I was 20, 23 years old when I first found myself at a point to where something has to give and that something had to give moment was in Kentucky federal prison. And I started to realize like, I cannot go back home the same way I came in. And so I didn't know what the things that I needed to do, but I knew I needed to do something. And so some of the things that I, I focused on was getting myself involved in vocational classes while I was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. I started taking courses and classes and and getting my GED, getting trades and and getting like far as HVAC and, and stuff like that. So I start really applying myself and and use, utilizing my time more wisely instead of just getting up, going to bed, gambling, working out like the average average day uh, person who's incarcerated, you know. So I started really applying myself. But the point where I've realized things shifted for me, the shift came when I uh, gave my life to Christ while I was incarcerated. That was that was a shifting moment for me. Man, that's awesome. I I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. I'm a believer myself. Um, Come on now. Let's not let's not get let's not. We're taking the church yeah. in here in a minute now. So I'll, I always appreciate the Jesus plug, man. I'm sure he does too. So come on, yes, uh, sir. He did it for he, us. He brother. did. He did. And he was he was laughing at us when we were getting impatient today setting this up. So. He said, I yep. got it. Always. So, <laughs> you know, you gave your life to Christ, right? And was that like, were you still incarcerated or was it a month later that you got out? Or what was that like? Man, I gave my life to Christ um, while I was incarcerated, um, not knowing how this thing was going to work. This, this, this following this believer new lifestyle because I didn't grow up. I wasn't introduced. I wasn't around or involved in the church as a mm. kid. So that wasn't something that I, that a lot of people say, listen, you grew up with a good structured family and a good household. You was raised in the church. That wasn't me. 
I wasn't raised in the church. My grandmother didn't go to church. My mom didn't go to church. You know what I mean? So if there was nobody who was in my life that introduced me to this faith, this faith believing walk. So I was like, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what this is. This is going to end up looking like when I get out. I don't know how this is going to work for me, but God, I trust mm. you. So it was a challenge for me. It was hard. And I always tell people, man, when you walking for God, man, it, trust me, saying that you're a believer is one thing, but I'm talking about the things you go through, mm. man. Listen, your faith is tested daily. So it was a test for me. Yeah, man. That, that reminds me of uh, something I heard Inky Johnson say one time. Uh, he said that there's a difference between quoting scripture and, and actually living it. So <laughs> I think that's a similar mindset yeah. there. Um, so, so what would yes. you suggest to, to listeners out there? And let's just say they're feeling stuck, you know, whether it's the situation that you were in or maybe it's just they're stuck in their career or their business. And they're like, man, like I need to shift some gears here. Man, I I feel like, listen, I feel like when it's any time that you look at anything in a in a in a sense of being stuck. It's it's here Mm. because we all have to see it in order to believe it. In order to see something, you have to know that it can either happen or it will happen. And I think anybody who is stuck, you have to have faith that you're going through whatever you're going through at this moment. But as long as you're going through, that means you're not standing still. You're not complacent. You're not having an idle mindset. But we all go through something. Allow this process of whatever you're going through, even if you're in neutral. That means there's something at that moment that you need to be learning. There's something in that moment that you need to be paying attention to. There's something in this process that need to be applied. So whatever next level, wherever God is trying to take you to, or whatever you need to be learning to help you get to the next level, there is something that needs to be learned, period. So that's what I would encourage anybody who is stuck in that that neutral or just stuck in, in that part. Like, listen, nothing changes until you change. We got to change the way we think. So our circumstances can change. So it starts here. I always tell people it starts here. Yeah, man, I, I agree. It starts in the mind and th- and then you actually, yeah. you know, happens in your life. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for like just kind of any general mindset stuff or maybe people are like, all right, well, I get it. It starts in the mind, but I don't, I don't really know what to do. Of course. I feel I always say this, like everything starts with a plan. We think it, we dream it. And once we dream it, we realize, OK, it don't start as a thought, it Mm. starts as a plan. Mm. Write out a plan. Understand in that plan, it's gonna take you to put the efforts, the energy, and be committed to it. And it's always tell people this, listen, always set at least a a small, reasonable, attainable goals. Mm. Because at the end of the day, we can all say we wanna be entrepreneurs, right? You know what kind of business you want, but what's the first steps you need to focus on as far as getting the small things accomplished? Because if you're looking at the owner of the business, have you tackled the small stuff? And so put together a plan, an action plan for yourself, for yourself so you don't get so frustrated because anything that you just dream about or any idea that you have, if you don't write it down, it's just an idea. If, you, if you're not putting together a plan, I always tell people, when you look at an architect, when they put together a blueprint on how to build these beautiful buildings, even though it's before it gets on a grid and they start drawing this and sketching this out, it's here. But they can't just take that beautiful idea of what they know that building can look like 
to the person who they're trying to build this 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 business for. No, they put it on paper, they sketch it out, they give an idea of what it is, and now the person who wants this building to be built, they now get it. So get the idea from your head, put the idea on paper, put together a plan, an action plan. And start setting attainable goals and give yourself a, leash, a, a small window of measurement of I want to accomplish X, Y, Z by this amount of time. This is how I am going to execute this if I do X, Y, Z. And I have to do this every single day. And I always tell this to people, man, get around people who are doing better things, greater things and doing things more than better than what you're doing, because those type of people are going to hold you accountable. You can't expect people who are doing less than you or probably not doing nothing with their lives to push and motivate you because your dreams is scaring the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah. You got to talk. You got to You got to tell your dreams to people who say, nah, you know what? I challenge you to go harder. Yep. You hear what I'm saying? So that's what I that's what I would say to somebody right now. Dude, I'm I'm pumped up, man. I was a little tired jumping into this episode. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm ready to run through a wall. So I'm sure everyone Come else is now. too. If if people are on the road right now driving, they're going like 95 on the on the highway. So Hey man, well, I tell you what, don't be I don't would not want to be the reason you get a ticket. You better <laughs> slow the car down. You better slow that car down. Oh, that's funny, man. <laughs> So I, I really like that. I just want to recap it. I really loved what you mentioned about setting up the plan and then just kind of coming up with those action steps around the plan. And then the last thing I like what you mentioned was uh, just surrounding yourself with the right people, man. I think if I could go back a mm-hmm. couple years, I would have started surrounding myself with people who were making you know, 10, 15 times what I'm making versus mm-hmm. I was surrounding myself with people who were making all of what I was. So I was like, oh, we're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then you zoom out and you're like, wait, there's people making what I'm making yeah. in a week that takes me six in months to make. So come on. Some in a day. <laughs> yes. Some, some during you know, this and, podcast. And, and, you know, right? In this podcast, like we were talking about earlier, you know, as I was sitting here today, I was thinking to myself uh, about the things that I do. How can I scale what I do? Mm. And it, you want to, you want to surround yourself around people who's always thinking about elevation mm. and evolving. You know what I mean? People that's not complacent and comfortable where they at, but some people say, okay, yes, I accomplished something. But I know I can accomplish greater. There's some things that I can give more to. And so you want to be around people like that. You know what I'm saying? Because you can have all the great ideas, all the great influence. You can have the right attitude and mindset. At the end of the day, you have to be around other people just like you. Yeah. Just like you. Do you do you have any suggestions maybe like to break into that circle? If if you're like, I don't want to be surrounded with some people who are just crushing it but maybe you just moved mm-hmm. to a new city or, or kind of what general advice do you have there? Best advice I could give anybody is to find out what type of circle who thinks like you, who, who breathes like you, who, who tempos on your page on the same level. You have to find out those that's in that city. I mean, you don't even have to be in your city. True. And that, okay. This is why this is, this is where I want you guys to understand. You have to get out of your comfort zone and what I mean by getting out of your comfort zone is like, don't be afraid to move in places or be in certain rooms with people. You know what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to take a trip to a a, a, a conference or a, a seminar. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people who travel around the world to come to one city to a conference. But there's a lot of information if you get in a room. And that's the problem. A lot of people are afraid to get in a room because once they get in a the room, they realize there's a lot of people just like them. Mm. They're hungry. Then you realize, was I hungry 
because it seems like these people right here are starving. Mm. I might need to change my appetite because when you're hungry, that means you know what you're. It's easy to be satisfied, but when you're starving, no, anything and everything can be eaten. So whatever, whatever that that I need to do, whatever I need to 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 put myself around the right type of people, I need to do that. So travel, get listen, get out of your comfort zone, and your comfort zone might be your city. Mm. Learn to travel. There's so many things as far as like you can go to uh, events.com and you type in certain cities. You can do uh, Groupon. If you're on social media, start tapping in with those who you know doing what you're doing on a great level and just start finding out other places where people are traveling to to get the information. Book those tickets. Book those tickets. Or just if you if that's not the thing that you can do right now, then uh, I'm sure every city probably has like those those type of group meetings where people, entrepreneurs come together and stuff like that. Just start networking. Listen, network is the new currency. True. A lot of people don't understand that. Like, no, you got to expand your network. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about just getting around people. No, you have to get around people that are influencers, those who are making move and moving a needle. You know, I always tell people, I don't want to just be around people. I need to be around the right type of people that's going to help me go to the next level. Exactly. You know what I mean? So get around people that can help you. And that's certain people that you know that you need to scale, that can help you scale your business. Or, again, one of the things that don't have to be a business. It can be, it be, it can be understanding that I need to have good type of people around me, like spiritual brothers. Mm -hmm. Somebody can hold me accountable. You know what I mean? People who can talk about investments. People who are like my brother who might be a good family man and he has a family. I need to be around somebody to keep me grounded. You can't be around the same type of people all the time. So just got to evaluate your circle. Yeah, man. I mean, you are the five people you hang around, uh, good or bad, right? I say that I, I say that all the time. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, that's like when we started following each other on Instagram, we were just chopping up. Like, oh, you know, Kyle, you know, this person. And it's like, Mm -hmm. You know, your network is super important type of thing. And that's how we got mm -hmm. connected that you're on here. I, I heard you on uh, John yeah. Eads event and was like, oh, yeah. man, he's going to be a good podcast. That's a good brother, man. Yeah, he is, man. I've, yeah. I've gone to lunch with him before and uh, just for like an hour of him talking, I'm like, I just learned like 10 hours worth of stuff. This is great. So listen, he that's a little man that's packed with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, little brother who packs with a lot. But John is a uh, amazing, amazing individual. Um, he's been around and connected with me since 2017. Oh, cool. 16 or 17, um, came out to my organization with my youth program. Um, yeah, he spoke at one of my events for me. And like I said, just, I, I came to his, 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 uh, book signing, you know what I mean? Showing him some support and stuff like that. So he's a good brother, man. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So mm -hmm. I, I want to go back a little bit. You talked about when you mm -hmm. were incarcerated, you were doing, you know, classes, courses, you know, nose to the mm -hmm. grindstone learning, all that stuff. I love that. So when you got out, what was kind of your next move? I mean, did you go right into step up to leadership or what, what was that like? No. Okay. I, my, <laughs> the funny, the funny thing is, is like when I came home, I didn't have a clue. Okay. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to reach out to. This was, this is. I'm gonna hope and pray, I get it right. And so many people, not just like me, who come home from prison, they come home, they just hope. And pray that they get it right and they don't mess up. Because the chances of a person messing up and going back is very thin. Hmm. 
chances are very likely that a person come home and he stays home. Mm. If he has support, if he have help, if he has somebody that's going to help him get on his feet or whatever. I didn't have none of that. I didn't have any help. I had a woman who, who, who held me down, which was my first wife. She held me down and I married her based out of conveniency. I married her based out of support because I didn't have nowhere to go. You know what I mean? I did love her. I am not going to take that away, but she was the only support I had. But finding a way to, to stay out was hard because I ended up being homeless two years right after I came home from prison. Oh, wow. I ended up being homeless. Me and my, my first wife, wife, we separated. I was living out of my car. I was sleeping on my sister's couch. And I gave up. Listen to me, Chris. I gave up. My parole officer gave me 21 days to give him a physical address. If I didn't, he was sending me back to prison. I was sleeping on the couch in my uncle house. I was sleeping in my truck sometime. I had clothes at uh, uncle house. My Like, I was trying, but I was at that brink of giving up. And I literally told my parole officer, just go ahead and violate me. I'm trying. Just send me back. And so, but I kept hearing that voice in the back of my head, Chris. Wait a minute. You made a vow to yourself. Mm. You made a commitment to God. You said that you weren't going to go back. So just because you're going through something, just because you're having some hiccups, just because things are getting hard for you, just because things are not working out for you right now, just because you keep bumping your head, you ready to quit? Mm. You ready to quit? And so with me staying persi- being persistent, being dedicated, and I kept being committed every day, and it just kept getting harder. Mm. I kept making mistakes. And I found myself back in, a place, back in a place subconsciously and psychologically that I didn't even realize I started doing some of the behaviors that I did years ago. I started seeing different women. Mm. I started clubbing. I started drinking. I started slipping back down that dark hole. And I remember going back to my pastor because he haven't saw me in a while. He said, man, how you doing? And I told him, I said, I'm lost. Mm. I said, I'm lost. I said, man, I'm out there in the wilderness. I'm trying to find my way back, but I don't have that fire in me like I did when I first came home. I don't know what that fire is, but I was, I was going through so much. I kept going through things. I ended up having a child and lost that relationship. Then I lost that job. Then I lost that house. And mm. I was going in foreclosure and like so much, so much was happening. And I remember one day I was sitting on my tub, Chris, and I, I started crying. This was like 2011 or 2012. I started crying and I said, God, please restore the relationship that I used to have for you and rekindle the fire that I used to have burning inside of me for you. And I remember that prayer so vividly because those was the words that I said. And I remember a a, a slight burden lifted up off of me. And since 2012, God started giving me vision Mm. of what my life was needed for. What was the purpose that I had on this earth was to give, be a vessel, and and it was it was a trying moment for me, but I didn't know, but I ended up getting it. I ended up getting it right. 
Man, that's crazy. I, I didn't know you went through all that. So I- yeah, <laughs> a lot of people didn't though. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. And cause and let me share this with you because I'm so private. Mm. I am very. I'm like I am such a public figure that I have. I, I suffer in private. Like people mm. would never know. And and that was a thing, man. Because I was going through a divorce, and no one in my family knew I was going through a divorce. Wow. I lost. We divorced. We got, I lost my home, everything. No one knew. And that's why I'm so big on mental health mm. and making sure you take care of yourself first. Because as I was traveling around the world speaking, I was going through so much. While I was trying to help other people get out of their storm, I was in the midst of my own storm. You know what I'm saying? It was it was hard for me to, 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 to persevere, to push forward when I was going through what I was going through. And it was so hard because it was like, I want everybody else to be better and whole while I'm sitting here suffering. Mm. I'm broken inside and I'm trying to fix everybody else. I'm hurting inside, but I want everybody else to be whole. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help everybody else succeed, but right now I'm drowning right now. I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know. And and, and and it was just so hard for me because when I was helping other people, it was helping me eternally, but also internally, I'm, 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 I'm hurting. Yeah. I'm hurting. I'm embracing people. I'm hugging people. But they didn't understand or they didn't even know when I hugged you, I needed that hug just as much as you needed that hug. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about mindset, it, it you you have to really have to be a strong individual mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and I know that I am that strong person because it was a lot of things that I was going through that nobody know I was going through. I was suffering too in silence. I'm I was I was man I was going through it. Yeah, it was hurt. I was losing my chill. I lost my family while I'm sitting here trying to bring other people together. Right. So it was a trying moment for me. So. Nah, nobody knew it. Yeah. How, how did you, like, help people through their storm, right, when you were going through through your own? You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can, but you get right. Mm. You know, and for all, for all the listeners who watching, you know what I mean, the next level mindset, and you, you hear, you, they listen to you, Chris, you know what I mean, my best advice to you, make sure you're right. Mm. Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure that you're a whole. Like, you can't be the best wife to your husband when you're not right. You can't be the best husband to your wife if you're not whole. If you can't be the best parents to your kids if you don't got it together. I realized very quickly that I can't sit here and change the world when I don't have it in me to. I keep pouring from a half-empty cup. Mm. And I need my cup poured into. I need to stop trying to throw everybody a life jacket and I don't even have on one. Put your own life jacket on first before you try to save somebody. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? So many people want to help so many people. Make sure you, you you good. Make sure your home is good. Make sure your family is good. Make sure you're balanced. Make sure your foundation is solid. Mm. Just in case something do happen that you can withstand a storm. So true, man. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? No, you mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, mm-mm. and the life jacket example—it's like you know you're talking about going to Paris earlier. You've obviously been on a plane, so if the listeners—it's like they tell you put your own mask on or whatever first before helping somebody else. First, right? 
You know what I'm saying? And that's the that's the perfect example that you can ever give somebody. Put your mask on first before you try to help anybody else. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of times like that's what people struggle with, even myself sometimes. Like, I just want to give back and help, but uh, you know, I haven't filled up this bucket yet in my own life. Like, mm-hmm. I'll figure that out later. But then it's like there may not be a later to figure it out because all the other buckets may crumble, right? So mm-hmm. And that's the thing where I feel like when you look at it from that standpoint is that, you know, when we are constantly keep giving, we're constantly keep showing up for people. And we're constantly allowing ourselves to always be accessible to people. So imagine that. Just imagine that to all your listeners, Chris, even to you. Imagine if you're always showing up for somebody. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're always picking up that call every time somebody calls you, right? Imagine if somebody always needed you, you showed up, you showed up. Actually, just imagine like any chance you got, you wanted to give, give, give at your lowest. Do you think that half of the people you showed up for, half of the people that you gave to, half of the people that you poured poured into that cup, half of the people that when it when 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 you needed to call them, they didn't pick up the phone, at your lowest, how many people do you think will show up for you? That's why I always tell people, take care of yourself first. Yeah. Put listen, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to say no. It's expensive to say yes all the time. <laughs> true. <laughs> you know what I'm That's saying? So true. It's expensive. I always tell people, if it's gonna hurt me to help you, I can't help you. Mm, I like that. I can't help you if it's gonna hurt me. And and what does that hurt? Sometimes you don't realize you spend your life going to these serving a community mm. and your own community that's in your house, your kids, your wife, or your husband don't even know you. Can't talk to you. Mm. Can't sit down with you because you don't have time. Can't do anything with you because you burnt out. Mm. You don't gave everything to everybody, but you don't have nothing for yourself. Put yourself first. It's okay to be selfish. Man, that's a good point. And then your family too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you give all this time, energy, and effort to people who aren't even on your own household type of thing, too. So, yes. Um, mm-hmm. What are some ways to, to invest back into yourself? I know a lot of listeners probably Ooh. have a general idea, but like, I want to hear from you. <laughs> well, you're talking to somebody who every Monday or Tuesday is self-care day. Okay. I'm doing manicures. I'm doing pedicures. I go to chiropractor four times uh, a month. Um, um, massage, try to do the massage once a month. I work out. I eat healthy. Um, and, and here's the thing. When you talk about self-care, it don't always, it don't always have to be you're, you're taking trips and spending money. Mm. If it's self-care can be something where you have a hobby, right? It's fishing. I love fishing. I discovered that, that hobby when I was in Minnesota with some friends. I never had something that I can decompress while doing it. And when I got out there on the water, I realized I love water anyway. It felt so good. Yeah, I felt so free. I felt like I was away from any and everything. So if you have something that you love doing, if it's fishing, if it's working out, if it's basketball, if it's knitting, whatever it is that you have to make sure that you're spending a lot of that time for yourself. You carve out that time and you don't give or you don't sacrifice or you do not. Listen, don't you gamble that. That time is yours. It belongs to you. And you sometimes may have to make sure that you make that rule uh, uh, aware to your family, too. Mm. 
Because sometimes you may not be the person who's traveling around the world or always doing things for other people like I do, but you may be working at home, working at home. And work, even your job may be taking a lot out of you. Mm. You know what I mean? You sometimes may have to come on and say, baby, can I just, or kids, can I just get one hour? Yeah. Let me get one hour. If you, if you like cigars, go on the back porch. Boy, I, I don't I don't I don't encourage alcohol, but you like scotch or bourbon, get you a glass of bourbon, get down on the back porch and smoke your cigar and just relax for an hour. You know what I mean? You yeah. you got you have to own something about your time that you can't get to people. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of my best advices to anybody, Chris, is to make sure they carve out some time for themselves. And if it's taking trips, I love to take trips. I love to take trips. I love to be in the air. I don't know what it is about flying. I just love flying. Um, yeah, I do. Um, date nights with your significant other. Make sure that you're putting those type of things as a must, like in a necessity. Like, we got to do this. I don't care how tired we are. I don't care how much we got going on. We at least got to date each other once a week. We got to do something. Yeah. We got to keep that fire burning because I'm tired. If that fire go dead and, and that, that fire start dwindling in that bedroom, Oh, that's a, that's a terrible feeling. That's never good, Especially right? Especially for... <laughs> that ain't good. That ain't good, man. Yeah, man. I, I like that you mentioned all that. A couple of things there. Definitely agree with you on the, on the date night. That's, you know, recently married. We were talking about that before. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some big advice I got from a lot of people. Never stop dating your wife or, or husband, whoever's mm-hmm. listening. Um, and then, dude, the cigar comment, man. That's so funny you said that. <laughs> Yesterday, I went to uh, Charlotte Cigar Club, sat there by myself, oh, smoked man. a cigar, and just, like, reflected for two hours. It was great. Probably felt good. Dude, you probably felt good. No one was in there. I was by myself. I was wow. just, like, in my thoughts, smoking a cigar, relaxed. And I was like, I don't think I've sat by myself in silence like that for, like, wow. years. So that was sick. Wow. Yeah. So now you get now now you got a that's your that's your thing now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not a cigar every week now. because it'll add up with yeah. the lungs, but silence yeah, for like an I, hour, you know, like something. Yeah. I, I I I tell people this all the time. You have to find something. If not, I'm telling you right now, you're gonna burn yourself out and you'll be miserable. Yeah. You'll be miserable, man. Yeah. And I know a lot of successful people that's miserable. Mm. Can you unpack that a little bit? Because I think there's a lot, a lot of young people. Sorry to cut you off there, but there's a lot of young people listening no, no, to the show, good. and they're like, "Oh man, I'm just gonna do whatever it takes to make as much money as possible, and then it'll be and I'll be happy." And it's like, eh, I don't know about that. Money, money don't make you happy. Money just gives you the opportunity and the privilege to buy things you want. Mm. And and just think about unpack that. If I have money and I can buy anything I want, guess what? Those things that you like or love to purchase or buy. You don't have no connection to those things, but just for a short period of time. Mm. So you're you're constantly chasing that high of trying to look like or trying to be like whatever it is to impress people. That's the only thing money can give you. Look at all the people who are successful, Chris. They got all the money in the world. Some people, some of them commit kill themselves. Yeah. Some of them commit suicide. Look at all the people in the world who has money. What happens? They surround themselves around people who are average because they still want to have that connection and make sure they're still staying grounded. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So happiness is not money. That's a material thing. Happiness is not a house. That's a material thing. Happiness is is being happy with who you are inside, eternally. Mm. Somebody who, who has a connection with the people that's why you see so many people who who are successful are isolated. They're introverts. Mm. 
because they get to a certain level of success that separates them from normal people. They can't go to the grocery store. They can't be normal no more. Yeah. And half of the people who want money, they just want to be normal. So again, for those who are listening, trust me, it's not about what it's not about looking. It's not trying to be. It's about just being true and authentically yourself. Mm. And, and a lot of times, yes, people, people who are successful are miserable. They are miserable because they don't they don't have they, they're out of sync and they're out of touch with reality. And I always tell people, like, be careful what you pray for or ask for. If you want success, trust me, it comes with problems. Mm. It comes with a lot of problems. A lot of problems that they wish they didn't have because they wish they can be normal again. Mm. They wish they can have a regular life. You know, and so those type of things that a lot of people don't talk about. We just read about it. We see it on the news after something tragically done happened. You know what I'm saying? So success is not always having all the money in the world and all the lavish and luxury things. But that's what social media is pushing out there to these young people. You want to be successful. You want to drive the fast cars. You want to have the big houses. You want to fly on the jets, the private jets and, and all of these things. You you want the, 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 the luxury of having all the designer clothes. That's what makes you successful. No, it don't. That makes you a, a, a material slave. Mm. Because you always be working for those things and it will never satisfy you. It never be enough. It will never be enough. And so, no, don't, don't, not nah, be happy with who you are inside. There's a lot of people out here that have millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think it was Steve Jobs. Is that Steve Jobs, the one who passed away? Yeah, with Apple. Yes, yeah. he passed away and they said, they asked him one question. He said, he said, if you can take back anything, what would it be? He said, with me accomplishing so much in the world and being one of the one of the richest men in the world, it still didn't make me happy. Mm. Because there's people who I neglected and there's people that I love dear that I lost touch with. Mm. So he said it very clearly. Money didn't make me happy, it just made me richer but it made me more disconnected to the people who I love. Mm. Man, I I'm glad you mentioned all that. I think that painted a beautiful mm -hmm. perspective for a lot of people. Um, I have a follow-up on that. You think you can have a blend of both, of like being financially successful, providing for the family, but then also mm -hmm. be happy and be fulfilled in other areas? Can you unpack that a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't have both. You just have to be, you just have to be balanced. Yeah. Anything, any, it's, it's all about balance. You know, if anything that you give more time to, it becomes your master. Mm. Anything, I don't care, it don't even have to be money. Anything. It, it becomes the thing that you, you slave and it gets, it gets you in a place that nothing around you matters other than this. Have you ever saw one of them gym, gym rats? They life, it breathes workout they smell weights they hear weights they ain't even a gym they talk about eating healthy they talk about measuring their food they talk about certain muscles in the body nothing around them matters other than working out you know and so it's, it's every, life is like that so you you can't have everything you want but it's all about balance mm. it's about it's about making sure that it's about making sure that you're pouring the right enough energy into every little thing. You can have all the money in the world, but you can be the best father and husband. You can have all the money in the world 
and you're you've been not only a, a servant to God, but you also helping the communities and you also giving back to the world. You stand rooted and you stand grounded. You're not just saying I'm better. No, you can have everything in the world and you can be helping the world at the same time. So a lot of a lot of times, yes, you can have the riches, the gold, the glitter, the glamour, but you gotta also understand there's look at the Kanye West and the Kim Kardashian. These are multi-billionaires. And they, they're starting to, they created their own kid. They, not, they didn't create their own kids, but they created a family. Now they have kids. They don't realize the things that they did, done, and put themselves in, what it's going to do to their kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to have an effect on those kids of Kanye West and the Kim Kardashians. It's going to have an effect. But just, just imagine how when you serve something so much, how it has an effect. Because they really could have just had a normal, quiet life. Yeah. And still made the impact. But no, they wanted to focus so much on entertainment, the fashion, the, the, the tabloids, all of that. And, you know, keep, they, keep themselves in the limelight. But now... But the family part, and I think Kanye West was trying. Yeah, he was trying to keep a balance. You know what I mean? Trying to be the supportive father, show up, and and not keep his kids in the, in the camera. But of course, you got them Kardashians. <laughs> they love the. That's camera. what they live. <laughs> they love the camera, man. Yeah. They love the camera. So again, is is you can have both, but you have to be balanced. Yeah, it has to. Have, you have to have some type of balance. Yeah, man. I, I love that you mentioned that. For me, I try to do like an audit on Sunday and just look at each bucket and like, all right, Ooh. where did I miss out? What could I fill up more? So, I love that an audit. Yeah, just a, you know how co- companies audit each other. They get audited, yes. but no one takes the time to audit their, their own life, right? Mm, that's powerful, Chris. Thank you, man. I appreciate That's very that. powerful. Um, yeah, that's powerful. I want you to dive into uh, Step Up to Leadership. What all are y'all doing right now? What are you most excited about? And then kind of just also explain a little backstory of how you got it off the ground, too. Okay. You know what? Step Up to Leadership is a social development program uh, for all all males from ages 12 to 17 years old. Some of our kids are coming from some challenging environments and households. Um, those type of things that deal with a lot of single parents. Uh, a lot of absent fathers, a lot of drugs, a lot of um, abuse. Um, not every kid, but I have a good a good amount of kids. Um, so we teach social development, personal development, social and personal etiquette. We teach uh, leadership. We teach be, uh, behavior health, as well as um, transforma- transformative um, coaching. Just teaching them how to shift their mindset. And change the way they think and um, understand that how their their mindset alters the direction that their life goes or the energy that they put in can influence uh, them to be successful or be their own destruction. Um, these type of things that we I feel like personally that we don't hear or see too much talked about in the schools, in the households or in the community. And the reason why I chose to focus on the social and personal development, because I realized as a young man, those were the areas where I struggled. Mm. And so I pretty much just build everything that I do around things that I once struggled in or things that helped me get out of or how I became who I, I am today. Um, so I build those things based off of my life experiences. 
which makes me so credible with doing what I do because I'm not teaching off some something else somebody else did. No, I'm teaching you something that I experienced and I know helped me be who I am and where I am at today. Um, I started this in 2013. Nice. Um, 2013. And again, it was just to help, man. I wanted to give something back. I wanted to be a, a asset to many young boys who come from uh, the background that I come from or, or, or going in a direction that I once did. So we put programs inside of schools, three mm-hmm. different counties. Uh, we put programs inside of the jails. And these programs has helped so many young boys, so many young men, in so many ways, we have summer programs every year. We always do something different with the summer program. Last year, the summer program, it was geared around self-discovery. Mm. Um, so the whole eight weeks, it was just building a self-awareness, um, self-identity, um, who they are and everything like that. Um, right now, we have a program. It is called um, Prestigious. Um, and so that's, again, that program inside of a, a high school, we have 16 I'm sorry, 15 amazing young men that we meet every Monday and every Wednesday. They look forward to it. Um, We do online uh, workshops as well. We do teen summits in the community, those type of things. And so, um, man, this is such an amazing thing. Um, But Step Up to Leadership is, um, Step Up is actually the acronym, uh, Success Through Education, Providing a Universal Platform. And that whole th- thank you. That whole thing is just pretty much saying people like just say you, Chris, and Chris is into engineering or software or whatever it is, and and, and Chris wanna he don't know what he can do to give back, but you know this what I am good at can help another young man figure out if this is the direction that he wanna go in life. So success through a universal platform is you. Anybody else who have, if it's trucking, carpentry, if it's accounting, if it's if it's a digital, whatever, digital, uh, uh, not digital, but uh, uh, um, Jesus, um, I can't even think of it. It's not on the tip of my tongue, but you know, I mean, any any gift that any man has to give, we always have people that come volunteer and help teach. Mm, that's awesome, man, dude. I love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, 2023, we're in year now, so so 10 year anniversary oh, for Step Up, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. September. And I never thought about it, man. I, I Listen, I, I keep my head down so much that I don't even get up to see what accomplishments and, and achievements. Like, you the first person actually just made me realize, <laughs> dude, you going on 10 years. Wow. Dude, mind blown right there. I, wow. just, I just did some quick math. I'm like, wait a second. It's 2023, 2013, Brother, 10 years. Chris, I never I never thought of it. I promise you. I never thought of it. And I promise you this too, man. Like, you know, as I see a lot of people be awarded for plaques on doing things in the community and stuff like that. Like, I tell people, like, I don't even be thinking about that. Yeah. You know? I'm just about the work, you know, getting the work done and making sure that I'm I'm staying consistent and 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 making sure that I'm showing up and making sure that I'm keeping my word that I didn't even even think about like most people would have been like, "Yes, I'm coming up on my 10 year. We got <laughs> never even never even thought about it." Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I, I'm blown. I hope I'm I helped blown. you with that. Not not set you back then. So 
No, you helped me because now I want to acknowledge the 10 year mark. Yeah. Well, I'm not an event because planner, probably, so I can't help you. But no, I was about to say <laughs> since you since you mentioned it, have you? <laughs> yeah, I need you to like, plan nah. this party for. Yeah, uh, nah. Um, nah, I show up. Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> I'll show up, man. And hey, right. if y'all ever need a speaker, man, I I got you. I've been doing some speaking engagements, so would love to get back that way. So. Chris, you just messed me up. You just messed me up. You're like, man, I got all this going now, on now. now. I got some homework, so. I got no, because now I'm like I'm about to reach out, and now I would love everybody who's who's ever enrolled your son in this program to be at this event. I'm, now I want to put on an event. <laughs> I love now it. I, want I to. love it. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, last question for you. I always ask everyone this. So let's say you're you're at a crosswalk, and someone's like, "Man, I kind of recognize you from the Next Level Minds podcast," and they're just like, <laughs> "Dude, hit me with like a one minute advice while we're crossing the street." Just like they want to get their life continued momentum, what would you say to them? You are your own mountain. Mm. You're your own mountain. Your own mountain. And I mean that by saying that whatever you look at in life, it can be the size of a rock or it can be the size of a boulder. Mm. At the end of the day, you have the ability, you have the skill, you have the mindset and the courage to step over or climb over. But you also have the ability to stand there and allow that boulder or that rock to defeat you or discourage you. You, I say again, you, we said it in the beginning earlier too, Chris. It's about the mindset. I can look at this, this boulder as a rock. I can step over this. I can get over this. I can climb over this. This is nothing but another hurdle. This is nothing but another challenge. This is nothing but another obstacle. But I can get over it like I got over everything in life. True. You are responsible of your own achievements. So you can look at your own boulder as a rock or you can look at that rock as a boulder. It's up to you. Dude, I love that, man. That's such a good analogy. <laughs> I'm going to be stepping over those things, not letting them get in my way. <laughs> step so. over it. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, just like you said, step up to leadership type of similar vibe yes, there. Yes, sir. Um, cool, man. Yes, where, sir. where can people connect with you on social media and all that? Absolutely. If you're, again, um, like my brother and I met on LinkedIn, if you are on LinkedIn, please tap in with me at Archivius Armstrong on LinkedIn. If you're on Instagram, you can tap in with me at ArcInspire81. That's A-R-K-I-N-S-P-I-R-E 81. I am also on Facebook. That's Archivius J. Armstrong. If you want to visit my website as far as like me doing what I'm doing next, what city I'll be in and far as traveling and speaking, because I think I will be in Vegas. I will be in St. Louis and I'll be in Chicago next mm. month, next week, matter of fact. So go to my website. That's arcinspire.com. Arcinspire.com. Please go check it out. Check it out. Organization Step Up to Leadership. That's S-U-T-L-N-C.org. 100%, brother, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, I know the listeners got a lot of value out of it. Now, I want to just say thank you so much, Chris, for allowing me to be on this Next Level Mindset podcast, brother. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks again for taking the time to tune into this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Be sure to connect with Archivius with the various social media avenues, as well as his website that he mentioned. Other than that, I hope everyone has a fantastic week ahead. <laughs>